We meet today in Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 13. We are talking about the subject of moving from being skeptics to believers, the king's delight in the bride, and then the response of the bride. In this chapter, we see the daughters of Jerusalem purpose to seek the bridegroom, who happens to be Solomon. Now, the spouse answers them and professes her faith in him. Who is the spouse? That's the Shulamite girl. She answers them and he professes her faith in the bridegroom, Solomon. This is the subject of verse 1 to verse 3. In verse 4 to verse 13, we see the bridegroom repeating his commendations, declaring his fervent love and showing his conduct and describing the bride's character in this particular section. Let's look at the subject of how those who were skeptical moved to become believers. Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 1. Where has your beloved gone, O fairest among women? Where has your beloved turned aside, that we may seek him with you? You see here the daughters of Jerusalem are not so skeptical and cynical now. Previously, they had been so skeptical. They are now willing to go with the bride to help her find him. They want to see this one whom the bride has told them about. Apparently, the bride had been boasting about his bride, about her bridegroom, saying he is the one who is altogether lovely, one who is outstanding among thousands. Now they conclude that he must be a wonderful person and they want to see him for themselves. Now the Bible tells us that whosoever seeks will find. And we see the attitude of these daughters of Jerusalem. They are now saying, we want to see. What a wonderful message we have here. When we walk around boasting about the Savior Jesus Christ, telling the world how beautiful he is, how wonderful he has been to us, the world will be given a desire to say, we want to know, we want to see for ourselves. Remember that when even the Samaritan woman went into the city of Samaria, witnessing and testifying about this man who had changed her, who told her everything about herself, she concluded that that was a prophet. And when these people came out, they wanted to see for themselves. Having seen what was their conclusion, they said, now, woman, we now believe, not because you told us, but because we have seen for ourselves. We must also be like uh, the disciples of early times. They met Jesus and they went to tell everyone who came and they believed. The Lord Jesus has said that if anyone would come to me, he would in no ways cast that person out. Now those who are skeptical are wanting to hear. You see, the world that is skeptical about God today can change their attitude if they can see enthusiasm in God's children and if they can see transformed lives out of those who profess to be the children of God. Listen to the Shulamite. My beloved has gone to his garden 
to the beds of spices, to feed his flocks in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He feeds his flocks among the lilies. Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 2 to verse 3. You see, she has located the bridegroom, and she knows where he is. And that is the assurance, my friend. What assurance, what satisfaction, what joy she now has. She knows where the beloved is. The affirmation of mutual possession reveals that the couple has worked at solving their difficulties and the security of their relationship is once more again an experiential reality. Earlier on, we had seen even when the conflict had set in as to who should be doing what, there was a conflict there. But now those difficulties have been resolved and my beloved is mine and I am my beloved's. That is a wonderful statement. So Solomon's continual praise of his wife's appearance only strengthens the reality of that reconciliation. And we will see when Solomon begins to respond at a later stage. But I need to highlight something about our spiritual walk with God, my friend. When we have come to the Lord and our relationship with him has been resolved, the relationship becomes sweeter. Not only do we affirm the reality of our experience of him, but he too will respond in praise of us. Just like he did even for Job. He talked to the devil and said, have you observed my servant? What a stage to get to, my friend, when God can make a boast about you because you walk in a way that is worthy of your calling. Now listen to Solomon's uh, continual praise of his wife as soon as she appears. Here is Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 4 to verse 9. We can give a title to this particular section as the king's delight in the bride. Oh, my love, you are as beautiful as Tezah, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners. Turn your eyes away from me, for they have overcome me. Your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep which have come up from the washing. Everyone bears twins. And none is barren among them. Like a piece of pomegranate are your temples behind your veil. There are sixty queens and eighty concubines and virgins without number. My love, my dove, my perfect one is the only one. The only one of her mother, the favorite of the one who bore her. The daughters saw her and called her blessed the queens and the concubines, and they praise her. This is a wonderful song of praise. Actually, I admonish husbands to be able to sing certain songs like this even to their wives. It is a wonderful song of praise, and indeed it builds and brings about marital oneness that the enemy can never break. Let us observe a few things here. To begin with, Caesar and Jerusalem 
are the two of the most beautiful cities in the land of Palestine. Here they are used to measure the beauty of this Shulamite girl. You are beautiful, oh my love, as Teza. The beautiful expressions throughout this section are the bridegroom's response to the long, intense, sorrowful, and patient search for his presence. You see, she had been looking for him. Where is he? And finally, when she located him, she was delighted. But having been located, he praised her bride. Actually, a moody steward gives us this helpful background to the whole understanding of the city of Tiza and maybe Jerusalem as well. He says that Tiza was the royal city of one of the ancient kings of Canaan and afterwards for a time of the kings of Israel. The word signifies pleasant and the situation of the city as well as the town itself was probably remarkable for beauty, beautiful as Tiza. How gracious the address to the slothful, sorrowing, smitten bride, but whom he loveth, he loveth unto the end. Though we change, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is a wonderful background and a commentary given by Stuart here. But also I want to call your attention to verse 8. Verse 8 shows that no one in the royal court can compare to the Shulamite girl. Another descriptive account of Solomon's harem is actually given in First Kings chapter 11 verse 3. It gives a far larger number than what is given in verse 8. In that passage of the word of God, we see that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And this amounted to 1,000. Now, this difference in numbering is easily explained by dating the Song of Songs early in Solomon's reign, meaning to say he wrote this song earlier before he had accumulated many of these wives. So the harem here may have been an inheritance from his father David. Since the text does not claim the king's possession of the queens and the concubines, they would be foreign royalty in the marriage procession. Here is a wonderful description that tells us how he even loved the bride. And by the way, when we look at the marriage relationship, it always portrays the picture of Christ's love for his church. Song of Songs 6 verse 10 who is she who looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, awesome as an army with banners? Now this shows us how the Lord views also the rapture of the church. It is natural that we look at the rapture from the viewpoint of our expectations. First Thessalonians 4 verse 16 tells us, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. You see, but the Lord looks at it from his side. He will be calling his own. When the church comes into his presence, the angelic host will see one of the greatest sights that will be beheld in all eternity. 
And this will be the most thrilling event for us and for him too. Then they will say about the church. Who is she who looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, awesome as an army with banners? You see, this description fits the rapture, what will happen at the rapture. This same union of Christ and the church is pictured for us in the lives of Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac was walking in the field when he looked up. And what did he see? He saw the caravans of camels coming. Rebekah was on one of the camels in that caravan. She got off the camel and came to meet her bridegroom. What a glorious picture of that time when you and I will go into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to meet him and he will sing the song of admiration for a well-lived life of faith. Now, it is not only the bridegroom who is singing this song of praise, but we also see the bride giving her response. Song of Songs 6 verse 11 to verse 12. I went down to the garden of nuts to see the venture of the valley, to see whether the vine had budded and the pomegranates had bloomed. Before I was even aware, my soul had made me as the chariots of my noble people. You see, the Shulamite here speaks here and explains to Solomon how the first meeting came about. It was not by design that her life became intertwined with the royal procession. No, she had gone to the valley to gather fruit and herbs for her own family. On her way to the valley, her progress was interrupted by an encounter with the royal convoy. Before she was aware of what was happening, she had been abducted and placed on the chariots of the great prince who is among many people. And that was referring to Solomon. Thus, she explains to Solomon how she came to be the subject of praise before the ladies of the court. Seriously, the bride had something very different in mind. And it is interesting that this is the third garden we see in the Song of Solomon. A moody steward again calls our attention to something marvelous here. He says, the first garden is in spring full of flowers and tender grapes with nothing mature. The second garden is in autumn, full of spices and ripe fruits with nothing imperfect. And this third garden is in the winter, end of winter, but with the immediate prospect of a new spring. It is still winter, but the winter is on the very point of bursting into a new spring. And the bride descends into the garden of nuts to watch the first sproutings of the valley, the earliest blossoming of the vine, and the budding of the pomegranates. Now, that is an important thing to see. Stuart compares this to the experience of the disciples of our Lord Jesus after his ascension as they wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. In a sense, they go into the garden to watch for a fresh outbreak of a new spring. Now, the entire Old Testament is a new treasure to them since Jesus had expounded to them in all the scriptures concerning 
things about himself. Uh, Luke 24 verse 27. Now while gathering and breaking open those old treasures of the past, the Spirit came in an unexpected manner and with unexpected power, which could not be described more exactly than in the words of the song here. Or ever I was aware, my soul made me like the chariots of Aminadib. Now my friend, the word of God is a garden, a whole garden of unopened nuts. There are innumerable kernels in the word of God waiting to be opened and enjoyed by the bride of Christ. Why don't you open the word of God and enjoy? Listen to the bride as she speaks. Song of Songs chapter 6 verse 13 tells us, Return, return, O Shulamite, return, return, that we may look upon you. What would you see in the Shulamite? as it were, the dance of two camps. Now, the word Shulamite is the Hebrew term for the beloved spouse of King Solomon in this song. Solomon's name in Hebrew is Shelomo. It is actually similar to Shulamite. The phrase, as it were, the dance of the two camps, is literally, as at the dance of two companies. So this verse describes a close, intimate time between Solomon and the Shulamite. Two camps is generally thought to be the name of a dance, perhaps one made famous by the inhabitants of Mahanaim. Now, this was a small town located north of Jabok and not far from Jordan Valley, to which David fled as a fugitive from Absalom. The account is in Second Samuel 17 verse 24. Now the town of Mahanaim evidently derives its name from the vision of Jacob of Genesis chapter 32 verse 2. Now in the post-biblical days, Mahanaim became a name for angels. Here the statement is made that the bride of Christ will be for the demonstration of God's grace Throughout the ages, that is, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 7. Now, all of the created universe is going to see us. None of us is worthy to be there, but we are going to be there. Because we are in Christ. We can only be there because of our position in Christ. It is because he loved us and gave himself for us. We will be there for his glory and for our good. I can't think of anything better than that, my friend. Our position in Christ has actually privileged us to be brought near. Like the Shulamite who was considered to be far, far away. Now, King Solomon is saying, Come, you are now in an intimate relationship with me. Though you were an outcast, though you were considered to be of the common lot, you have been brought into royalty. Isn't it amazing how God has brought us who were far away from God back into royalty and we enjoy our relationship with him to God be the glory. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. 
For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.